0: Stand. We're going to turn to Genesis chapter thirty-two, Genesis chapter thirty-two, and uh, we're going to be preaching on Jacob tonight. We're going to be going to verse twenty-four, and uh, I'm going to pray, and then I'll read these verses. Lord, we love you. Thank you, God, for letting us be in your house tonight. Thank you, Lord, for our church. Thank you, Lord, for the the singing. Thank you, Lord, now for the preaching. Lord, I pray that you'd help me and help me to preach your word, give me liberty. I pray that you'd speak to every heart, God, tonight. And, uh, Lord, just uh, meet with us, Lord. Be with our pastor, God, as they're out in Albania. Lord, I pray that you would have your hand on them. God, there's there's no telling what things you're doing right now, Lord, in these moments, God. And we thank you that you use us. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24, it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face in my Life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the sinew that shrank. Alright, you can have a seat. I want to preach on Jacob tonight. I, uh, I, I, I don't know the... The, the best way of explaining it, I've been trying to find a title, though I don't think it's necessarily required to have one, but I would say if we could uh, look at this portion of Scripture, uh, we understand what's taking place, and I'll give, give you some more details if you're not really sure about it, but um, I, I want to preach on tonight, maybe this would be the right title, Complete Surrender. And uh, it took a while for Jacob I've uh, I, I, uh, been looking at his life, and it's interesting, and you've got to read it carefully sometimes. For me, it's, his life is, is, is interesting, he's got uh, all different sorts of things going on in his life. But as we come to this portion of Scripture, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to get into a debate with anybody. I can't tell you the time that that Jacob got saved. It may have been in chapter 28. It may have been long before that. All I know is right here, Jacob is wrestling with a man. And this very moment is going to change Jacob's life forever. He's never going to be the same. What what God does in chapter 24, is is He's going to live with for the rest of His life. And what I'm trying to say tonight is, uh, God is going to confront you. At some point in your life. This message is not necessarily pointed to someone who's lost. But I promise you one thing. I have no doubt that God so loved the world. I believe that He gives everybody a chance to be saved. And He is going to confront you. But I do believe, because I have been saved for so many years now, and I know myself, Caleb, I know that I am prideful, I'm stubborn as a mule sometimes, and I like to do things my own way. Does anybody understand what I'm saying tonight? You ever get to that point where you like doing your own thing? You can't have nobody tell you anything? You are stubborn, you are stiff-necked, and I'm stiff-necked tonight, and what God's got to do is confront you. And when He does, it's going to rock your world. And it's going to change your life. Some of you may have a story where you have been hooked on everything you can think of. I mean, the devil had a grip on you, but one day God confronted you and changed your life. There's things that you thought you couldn't get victory over. We sung that song, He Set Me Free. And there's things that you just only imagined in your heart and imagined in your mind. Things that you thought you could never get victory over. You couldn't even imagine a life without those things. And yet God came by your way one day and He wrestled with you. And changed your life. And so we're talking about complete surrender. Christian, if you're saved or if you're lost first off, He's going to confront you. If you need to be saved tonight, tonight is the night. But I do believe we're talking to some Christians tonight. And the truth is, you're good at playing games. You're good at pulling off being a good Christian. But the truth is, you're stubborn. You're stiff-necked. You do your, your own thing. You think you're good enough. You think you think you're big enough to fix your own problems. Kind of like what I preached last Sunday, and I'm not trying. This is what God gave me today. But but oftentimes I've been guilty of trying to fix my own problems, and that's where uh, Jacob is tonight. As we read this portion of scripture, can I give you some details? Jacob has. His name, I, I remember Brother Jeffrey, you preached on it. He, he was, he's known to be a supplanter. He's he's good at being sneaky. All of his life he has figured out how to do things and get out of some messes. Has anybody, could anybody testify and say, I have tried to do things my own way? And you may get away for you may get through it, you may, you may Fix that for just a little moment, but I promise you one thing is a a problem in your life doesn't just go away. You may be able to put it in the closet for a little bit. You may be able to hide hide it for a little while. You may be able to put it to the side and not think about it. But I promise you, unless it becomes dealt with, it's going to stay a problem for the rest of your life. And God's not content with that in your life. And He's going to confront you. So that's what He did. Jacob, from the beginning of his days, he was—he grabbed the heel of Esau during birth. If you read that, he—he he wanted to be the first one to come out of the womb, and then—and then Esau, he was he, later on in life. Esau was uh, uh, hungry, and he was about to faint, and. And he was scared for his life. And he went to his brother and asked Jacob, Jacob, will you feed me? And Jacob said, only if you give me your birthright. And Esau did that. And what I'm trying to say is, Jacob is good at at doing things himself. If I can emphasize on anything, Jacob is good at doing things himself. As he thinks. But now he's really messed up. And now his brother wants to kill him. And now he's had to run away from his problem for all of these years. And God hasn't quit blessing him. God's still blessing him. God's still blessing you. He's blessing you. You've been coming to church and He's been blessing you. He's blessed you with a spouse. It's not that everybody's married in here tonight but He has done some big things in your heart and big things in your life, and yet you're still running from the problem. And you're still trying to do things your own way. Aren't you glad God doesn't throw us out every time we make a mistake? I'm glad that God is is forgiveness. He is love. He is mercy. And He is all those things. But I promise you one thing, He's not content with me being Seth Williams, and He's not content with you being you. He wants you to look like Jesus. What is he going to do? He's going to bring Jesus. I can't, I can't swear up and down on this, but I have in my heart, I believe that God meets with him right here because he says, I met God face to face. And that's the one that's going to really fix things. I've got three things tonight, and I'll be done. Or I've got one thing I want to preach. If God gives me the opportunity, I may preach the other one Sunday, if not both of them Sunday. But uh, three things I find that, that got Jacob to a place where he was at complete surrender. And I'll go ahead and give you the points, and, and I'm hoping just to preach this one. But he, first thing I see is wrestling this man. Jacob's wrestle. The second one is Jacob's wound. And Jacob's win... And I want to preach on this wrestling tonight. Can I go to a portion of Scripture? Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. Look at this in verse 20. Verse 20, Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me. If. If. God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that thou shalt give me I will surely give the tenth unto thee. There's one word that kind of to me Just sticks out. And I believe you know what I'm talking about. If. If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go. Like I said, I cannot tell you when Jacob got saved. I believe there's evidence of different times. And I believe he only had to be saved once. And I believe the Old Testament, you still had to believe in the Savior. But some of us have said if God will take care of me then he'll be my God. You're saved tonight and you're still saying that. You'll not give your money because you don't trust him. You'll not give your time because you don't trust him. You'll not give yourself to the ministry I'm not. I, I, I don't. I have nobody in my mind. I'm just preaching what God put on my heart. And you're trying to fix everything in your home, and you can't. You're trying to fix your spouse, you can't. You're trying to fix yourself, and you can't. And the issue is, you have a problem, and it's you. And it's me. And you're saying if, if, if if God will do this for me, if God will give me this job, if God will give me this ministry, if God will do this in my life, and what I'm trying to say is, you need to get that if out of your life, and out of your mouth, because God is capable, God is faithful, and if you just trust in Him, you'll find that He is. But it just doesn't work that way. And it's got nothing to do with God. It's you and I. He knows. we're no different from the people of Israel. I've said that word a few times already, not stiff-necked. God kept on calling them stiff-necked people. And the truth is, that's what we are. When we learn how to do things, our own self, our own way, and we don't realize we're just digging a deeper hole, skidding deeper. Getting deeper, deeper, deeper. And what God's going to have to do, He's going to have to find a breaking point. And He's going to wrestle. And when He does, it's going to hurt. You're not going to like it. But if you let Him, He'll change your life forever. Because he wants us in a place where we're in complete surrender. He doesn't want anything to be over him. He doesn't want to share his authority with anybody else. He doesn't want to be compared to any little g god. And don't we put that? Don't we put little g gods in the way? He doesn't want. He doesn't. He doesn't want anything else to be in the way. He wants you. And he wants you to trust him. And Jacob's going to learn the hard way. He's been running now. He's been running. And maybe somebody in here tonight, you've been running. You may come here every Sunday, every Wednesday, but you've been running. You've been doing your own thing. And it's worked for a little amount of time, it seems. You know, have you ever had somebody... um, It's kind of one of those out of sight, out of mind mentality. If you don't hear about the situation, you know somebody's life has been wrecked, and then you know them, you're close to them, you love them to death. And you're praying for them, but, but sometimes it's easy just to try to forget about them. Like if, at least if I'm not hearing anything bad or hearing anything good, at least no noose has got to be good news. Y'all know what I'm talking about tonight? Maybe you got a family member that's, on, uh, that's been on drugs or on alcohol or whatever it is, some kind of addiction. And if, you're think, if you don't hear anything about them, then obviously their life is okay and everything. But the truth is we cannot hide our problems. And if you're saved, God's going to deal with you. And that's what he did with him. I want you to see just a few things and I'll be done tonight. When God came by Jacob's way to wrestle him, it was a lonely moment in his life. The Bible says, chapter 34, let's see, it's um, chapter 34, if I can find that place where we were just at, Look, reading the other one kind of threw me off. What's that? 24, oh, excuse me, 32. Chapter 32, verse 24. It says, And Jacob was left alone. You know why we fill our days spending time with people and spending so much time on our phones, spending so much time watching TV, spending so much time doing everything that we can is because we know when we get alone, God's going to wrestle you. Jacob, hear me now. I get it. We read this story. We, we don't sometimes feel the emotions that that person was feeling, but he was in a lonely place. He was scared for his wives. Wives? It was right in them days. He was scared for his kids. He was scared for his servants. He was scared for his own life. He thought that Esau was going to come and kill everything. Kill him, wipe him off the face of this earth. And can you imagine the kind of fear that would come with that? Because Esau was, uh, he was a cunning hunter. He was good at what he did. He was good at killing. And Esau was the big brother. And he believed that Esau was going to come by his way and kill him. And you know what Jacob did? He wrote out a will. He said, "All right." He said, I want y'all to go over here. If I die and this whole group dies, then y'all can have all of this. Y'all can take that. And y'all know to leave. I mean, it was that serious. He came to a lonely point. And and sometimes it's going to take that. It's easy to forget. It's easy to... Look past things. It's easy to, to uh, get through life all right. Because we're not allowing God to speak to us because we're filling up our day with everything. But the, the moment that we're to ourselves, that's when He'll start working. And He found that lonely moment in Jacob's life. And it changed his life. Jacob had to get to a point. He had to get every distraction out of his life. And God started working in his heart. I remember when I was 18, 17, 18. I ran from the Lord for for about three years. God called me to preach when I was 15. And I uh, ran from the Lord for about three years. And I remember... There was not a time that I didn't have friends over. There wasn't a time that I didn't have some kind of distraction in my life. I would at night time turn on the TV. Try to to drown out the voice of the Lord. But I promise you one thing. You can't do that. If you're saved, you cannot do that. And I remember I'd be in my bed. I'd be watching TV trying to let the TV send me off to sleep. And in my heart I'd be grieved. And God was wrestling with me. And he was telling me things that I needed to get right in my life. He was telling me things that I didn't even know about myself. And 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 hear me now, I, I get it. Conviction's never a good thing. But if you'll let God convict your heart and you'll start listening to him, you'll find out that he wants to fix you. You've got an issue right now, and he's wanting to fix you. He's wanting to fix your life, and he's got to wrestle you because we're too stubborn. And he's got to find us in a time where we're alone. But I believe Jacob was at his wit's end. He was out of good ideas. He was left with his own thoughts. He didn't know how to get through this problem. And I believe as he sat there to himself, I believe the Lord showed up. He said, hey, let's get this right. That's what he wants to do with you. That's what he wants to do with me. And when he does, you may wrestle him for a little while. I get it. I know what that's like. I remember I'd get in my bed Going back to the story When I was 17, 18 years old I'd be in my bed and I'd be praying Lord forgive me Lord I'm sorry I'm trying to get right I'm trying to get right I'm trying to get these things right in my life And the truth is I was wrestling with him I went to bed many nights doing that That wasn't just one time that God got God was working on me And that takes me to my next thought It was not just a lonely moment in Jacob's life But it was a long night It was a long night uh, a long match, wrestling match. What do you want to call it? I put long match. It was a long wrestling match. I believe that it wasn't just just a five minute wrestling match. I believe the Bible says it was until the break of dawn. I wrestled 10th grade. That was the only year I wrestled. I, uh, outside of the outfits that they put on in. Uh, it was alright, I reckon. But I was, uh, I was in 10th grade. Um, the, I don't know why, but you don't normally start a sport at 15 years old, 16 years old, going through school. But I decided I was going to. I picked up tennis. I picked up, picked up this wrestling. But uh, I remember the, uh, how exhausting it was. I mean... You're you are fighting. You are wrestling. You're trying to pin somebody down. And I promise you one thing: if you haven't ever done it, you'll hurt in places you didn't know you could hurt. You'll be sore. You'll be sore everywhere. You'll be, every part of your bones will be sore. They'll be hurting. And uh, I remember, <clears throat> I remember, I didn't know how to pin anybody down, so I'd just be wrestling them. I I could be better than them, and I just did, I still didn't know how to pin them down. But a good match, I don't even remember, but I don't believe a match really lasts more than five to ten minutes. Uh, maybe a little bit longer, I don't remember. Six minutes. And I'll tell you something, six minutes is a long time to be wrestling with somebody. You know how long Jacob wrestled with him? All night long. I believe he was out of breath. I still believe he was too stubborn. That's how some of us are, if not all of us. or all of us has been. Have been. I uh, used to have horses. And um, it was was good. I'd rather have a four-wheeler now. They don't try to run you over. (laughs) But I remember... um, Actually, I remember one time i I jumped on one bear back and it took off and and kicked me off and and so I never did that again, but i uh I decided I, I learned a long time ago um, if you're going to ride a horse, and i I learned this the hard way because we had one horse called heinz 57 and he was so he had a stamp he had a uh, goodness, I don't even know what they call him anymore. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Uh, uh, 57 on him, whatever y'all said. (laughs) Uh, So we called him Heinz 57. But I remember we we took off on a trail with him one time without lunging him. And, I mean, he was so, so uh, crazy-eyed. And he actually threw me off one time. And thankfully I didn't break nothing. But I remember learning this a long time ago, that in order for you to get the horse's attention, you need to lunge them. Until they look like they're about to die. Not to that extent. But you need to lunge them really good. I mean, they need to be sweating everywhere on them. I mean, and, and they, they said one thing that I learned. is that I learned different things. We had this guy, he was a horse whisperer. And he actually knew what he was talking about. But when you lunge that horse, what you do is when you try to get that horse to go the other direction... They're so stubborn, what they'll do is they'll turn their back to you. And they're not supposed to do that, and they know that they're not. So you've got to learn to teach them to face you as they turn around. I don't know if that makes sense. But then another trick that we learn is when you know that the lunging is doing its job is when they start licking their lips and they start huffing and puffing. And I believe, I believe that was what was going on with Jacob he was huffing and puffing. He was trying to beat Jesus. And, he, and let me tell you something. Uh, uh, Jesus, Jesus uh, is the winner. And uh, He's going to win. And uh, But he kept on, and Jake, it, was, it was an all-night thing. Jacob kept wrestling with him, and Jesus kept wrestling with him. And aren't you glad that God doesn't give up on you the first time? Aren't you glad that, you, some, I'd say all of our testimonies tonight would be that God came by one more time, and He preached to me one more time, He spoke to me one more time, He gave grace to me one more time, He had mercy on me one more time, and now my, cha- my life has changed forever, and He has blessed me in so many ways. It was a long night. But here's the thing. When it's it's a moment like that, you'll never forget it. He wrestled with him. Let me ask you something. Are you in complete surrender right now? Is there anything You've been trying to do on your own anything, and you've been trying to do it your own way and do it your own way. I can tell you story after story. I, I'm ashamed. I'm not saying I, 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 I get that I'm not a good Christian, but I, I don't believe we have to, uh, you know, live in sin every day. I don't believe that that. Uh, I have to live a backslid life. I'm glad I don't have to. And I'm not. I'm, I'm glad to be right with the Lord tonight. I'm glad that I know that I I, I can... I, I'm glad to have joy. I'm glad to know that He speaks to me and I can speak to Him. And uh, I, I promise you one thing. I don't want to ever preach behind a pulpit without His touch. And I was praying tonight. I said, Lord, this is a new message. I, and I feel bad for y'all sometimes. I normally preach my first messages with y'all and then and they normally get better when I preach it somewhere else. And then I get, I get really excited. I want to preach it to you again. So if you hear my message three or four times, that's why. Because I get more thoughts. And just, just like I said, I keep telling you all this. You can eat steak more than one time a week. You can eat Chinese food more than one time. I talk to people all the time. They say, no, nah, I had Chinese last month. Okay. <laughs> eat it again. It's good. I will say there's been a time in my life and there might be another one but I know there's been a time in my life where God came by He said we got to fix some things I said okay and I huffed and I puffed I kind of did like that horse turned my back to the Lord I said, Lord, I can't do that. I can't can't leave that job. I can't pick up on what I do and go do that ministry. I can't, whatever it is, whatever it is, Lord, I can't can't put my trust in You with with my family. The truth is, some of us worry ourselves sick of things that's never going to happen you think about that for just a moment, Jacob was ruminating over things that was never going to happen. Esau was not coming to kill, but was coming with a kiss, because God's faithful and said that's what it was going to be. But Jacob was so good at doing things his own self, Brother Jeffrey. Just like I like to think that I'm good at doing stuff my own self. Where you at tonight, Miss Cherith? Will you come on up to the piano? Where where you at tonight? Have you been wrestling with the Lord? Every time you get alone with the Lord, or every every time you get alone, he's he's talking, and you've been you've been turning your back to him. But I'm glad he's faithful. And he gives me another chance. I promise you. The little amount of time. That I've been living for the Lord. Just a little compared to some of you. And people I look up to. But I promise you. I can say with, this, with full confidence. That His way is better. It's always better. Let's stand tonight. What will it be? Are you wrestling with God tonight? Would you just surrender? These altars are open. Whatever you need tonight, they're open tonight. Let's mind the Lord.